We have in Inner Light Ministries two spiritual teachers, Jim Gordon, right here, <laughs> who's with us in spirit, <laughs> and Brian Yakey. This is Brian. Brian is... Um, flatter me. Brian, flatter you? Okay. <laughs> I'm not into self-flattery, so anywhere else it comes from. <laughs> so here's how I'll introduce Brian, and then I actually will be quiet and sit down. When yeah, right. <laughs> years ago, our youngest daughter, Lisa, whom a lot of you know from the Midwest, um, went out to Texas with me and, and got to visit out there. And that was her first time meeting Brian and Jim. And she's, it, was an, it was an experience. And she spent a lot of time with them and with the staff and doing things. And, and when we came back home, we were talking to her about the trip and what she liked and, you know, what blah, blah, blah. And, and we also did some sightseeing out there. And so she was talking about all that stuff. And she said, wow. I really like them. And she said, and Brian, you know, he's just amazing. And, and I said, really? What's so amazing about Brian? She said, you know, he's like a really spiritual guy, but he's actually fun to be with. <laughs> I've never met anybody like that. <laughs> so with that, here's Brian. Now that's an introduction. <laughs> See? I get a little crazy sometimes, and I don't act spiritual necessarily. And so my excuse is that spirituality has nothing to do with behaviors. I love it when nobody laughs at my jokes, because <laughs> it's not a joke. It's actually true. Spirituality has nothing to do with behavior. But oftentimes when we get involved in spiritual or religious or some type of organization or peoples or groups with that focus, often we learn certain behaviors that we think are spiritual. But in truth, everybody's spiritual. If your body is breathing and living, what's making it breathe and live? That's the spirit within that body. So anybody who's got a body, regardless of their beliefs, even if they're atheists, if they go to church or not, if they do any kind of spiritual practice or not, they're still spiritual. Everybody is. So... If anything, that's a nice place to start and realize spirituality truly has nothing to do with the body, with our behaviors, with our expressions, but truly it's who we are. The spiritual being of who we are is what spirituality truly is. Let that one ponder a little bit. Because that one's often a big one for people. It was for me, and you know where it led me? I tried being spiritual for my first several years as, as I started getting involved in spiritual things. I got depressed. I went into depression because what I found was that there was limitations or restrictions placed on my expression, and then I placed them on myself, and I tried to live into these behaviors or ways of expressing. And as I did... I found myself getting more and more depressed, low energy, just kind of down in the dumps because I wasn't ever measuring up to the way it's supposed to be, the perfect expression of spirituality. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So over the years, I found out maybe a truer expression, if you want to call it that, of spirituality is joy. Joy. But joy can be quiet. Joy can be loud. Joy can be very expressive outwardly. Joy can be non-expressive outwardly. 
It's a state of beingness. So is it really about the expression or is it about the beingness? Well, here in Inner Light Ministries, that's where we focus is on the beingness of who we are as that spiritual aspect, if I can call it that. Sometimes we just call it loving or the soul and many other things, the light of God. I like to let some of these things just sit a little bit. One of my favorite things is when there's a deep silence. Because when it's like that, do you ever feel it's almost a tangible essence or presence? Peace be still. I know that I am. So you'll hear us use different quotes as we go along, such as that, to refer to this inner focus. So one of the things here, even as I'm sharing, we're not here, I'm not here, Stephen's not here, Jim, when he is here, <laughs> is not here to lecture, we're not here to give information, but yet it seems like we give a heck of a lot of information, and we've got all kinds of CDs and some books, we do these talks all the time, everywhere we travel, and at home as well, so it sounds like there can be a lot of information, but really, all of our talks have nothing to do with the information. All of our talks, in truth, are simply an action of learning how to hold a focus on the divine. Because just like right now, if you can focus in just listening to the words or holding a focus, just watching, it's a focus. And that's often what it takes to begin to tap into or begin to see or hear or know become more aware of the divinity that we are. Often it's called prayer or meditation. And here we mostly call it meditation. And I'll go into that more through the evening because of a certain type of focus that we want to enter into an action of simply loving God and allowing God to love us. Just a simple action. And that's what we call, in truth, an active meditation rather than prayer. Often in prayer, we're trying to talk to God or ask God for things. And a lot of times it comes out of our own thoughts or feelings, which is great because we need to give expression and move that energy. But in the truest form of prayer or meditation, we simply want to be in an action of loving. Just loving. It's been quoted besides the Bible and other places as God is of the Spirit. So to worship God, we need to be in the Spirit, not in the mind. Not in the emotions, not even in the body, but in the spirit. But in order to do that, we also need to begin to learn or discover where the spirit is. And since we're in these physical bodies, and they're physical, and we can't see the spirit with our physical eyes, where do we go? How do we know where it is? Well, it's been taught through all the ages. All the great saints and mystics, have always taught about this action of prayerful meditation and focusing on the place where that spirit of who we are resides in this physical body. And that is up here. We often call it the seat of the soul. It's above the eyebrows, in the center of the head, or even above the head. Think of the old pictures like the Renaissance times with the saints, the halos they always painted. Gee, I wonder what that was in reference to. 
That's the awakened soul. A saint, a master, a teacher, a sage, all the different names given. Those that have been truly awakened would often have the halos painted on them, demonstrating that they are awake to the divine, that they know the truth of who they are as a divine child of God. The pure essence of loving that was created in the likeness of God, the soul. Created in the likeness of God, the same as, in other words. Maybe a little smaller, but the same essence, the same spirit, the same light, the same loving is the soul. That's who we are. So we don't see halos in all these pictures. We don't see the halos around our physical bodies. But as we begin to awaken to the spirit of who we are, we may begin to actually perceive that. But it's not with the physical eyes. It's with what we call the spiritual eye or the eye of the soul. That true part of us that can see and hear and know the divine. Just as we can see and hear everybody around us physically, it is the same for the soul spiritually. This world is but a reflection of the divine. You've heard the phrase, as above, so below. Where did this creation come from? How was it created? So there's even a likeness in this physical creation to what we refer to as the spiritual creation, sometimes called the Garden of Eden. That, that truth of the divine is reflected down under this physical creation in which it is based upon. So even our interactions here in the physical world are often a reflection of what we experience of the movement of spirit. I even love the word communication. I break the word down and go, communication, communion in action. Oh, a movement of the divine, a communing, a gathering, an expression, a sharing of loving, the divinity, the divine part of us. And it's really wonderful because as we really begin to perceive or look, even if it's just an idea to begin with, that we take the idea that awakening to the divine and who we are can be literally as simple as communication in this world or what it would be like in any relationship in the world. Just think of somebody you love, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a parent or a child or best friend. Just think of somebody you love. You can have feelings of that love. You can share that love through your eyes. You can think about it. You can say it through your words. You can take actions to demonstrate that loving. Well, guess what? It's no different in your soul's loving God or another soul. What we do here, again, is just a reflection of what we do in the Spirit. Just as we can love another person here, the soul loves God, or the soul loves God in another, soul to soul, communion in action. And I try to, in a sense, share these things in a practical way that we can relate to physically because I often find having examples like that can give us a better idea to make this mystical, the unseen, more seen. And to begin to practice in that way is how we can begin to truly discover and know that loving or divinity within ourselves 
or within others. Because again, physically, you can't see it. But yet there's a part of us when we tune in or focus in upon that loving spirit that is in all of us, that we do begin to discover and come to know what that is. Often it's just a feeling, you know, the warm fuzzies. You just feel good or you have some joy or this gratitude fills you, you have tears of joy. These are the ways we feel it move through the physical consciousness. But that's a spiritual movement and the physical's responding to it. So how can we come to know more of that spiritual part beyond just the physical response to it? And that's what we're going for in this action of active meditation. Active meditation is simply nothing more than going within and loving God and opening to receive God's love for us. Communion in action. So we're actually going to be doing a meditation this evening at some point here in just a little while. A shorter one, maybe 15 or 20 minutes. But that's one of the things we like to do here is not just be all talk, but take a little action as well. Because we want to go, as I started earlier, beyond the words. We want to really, truly have the living experience of that divinity. And it's through action. Just like any relationship in the world, we need to take action to begin to build a relationship, to begin to build a foundation, begin to move that loving and share it, both give it and receive it. Any good relationship is always based on a giving and receiving. It's never one-sided. The same is true with God. God's always loving us, but are we loving God? And are we opening to receive that loving? Because just like in this world, somebody can love us, but we can be totally shut down and not allow others to love us. We know what that is like. And we also know the other side of it. When we love somebody that is shut down and doesn't allow it, how does that feel? You know how that is? That loving can back up. We can get frustrated, angry, irritated because somebody doesn't receive our love as well. Same thing as we love God. We can experience the openness or we can shut down. Now granted, God doesn't necessarily get angry at us. But because we're not open in our own loving, that in that shutting down, we begin to experience a frustration or an anger or an irritation. And it is often because when we are closed down within ourselves, that the soul of who we are does not have the opportunity to share its loving. And guess what? Loving is living. Living is movement. It is expression. The soul is always a living, loving expression of the divine. It's never, never stagnant. It's never stationary. It is always in motion. Always. You can't stop it. Think about it. Even when you go to sleep and the body's doing nothing, don't you have dreams? Or if you don't remember them, maybe once in a while, something's still going on because the soul never sleeps. The soul never rests. It never needs it. It's eternal. It's only the finite that becomes stationary, that needs rest. Some of these things I may share may sound simple, but that's often what it takes is coming back to a place of simplicity 
to begin to recognize the divine, to begin to see and to know the spirit, because often we can read so many things, hear so many different contemplations, prayers, techniques, approaches, that it all gets jumbled and in the way because we're so busy trying to make something happen or think something to happen or believe it to be a certain way. And all these things can get in the way. If we could just let it all go. Why is there even a simple phrases like let go and let God? Let go and let God? Well, I don't have all this other stuff I have to do then to know God? Well, that's for you to discover. Me? I know. I'm up here sharing tonight because I know my divinity. I know the truth of who I am. I have woken up. Can't you see my halo? <laughs> I know it's questionable because of my behavior. But part of that behavior is because of the freedom. Freedom. The freedom of expression. But the wonderful thing is, when there is that true freedom of loving of the divine, well, that freedom of expression always seeks to share the essence that it is, and that essence is loving. So it always seeks to share the loving. Not to do harm, not to hurt, but to share the beingness that it is, the loving essence. It's so simple because it's truly who we are. You know the phrase, just be, be yourself, or just be? So all we're doing is coming back to being. Just being? Yeah, just take even the word just off. Being. Even that's one word too many. Because even the word can get in the way. So there's nothing else to do. But because of this human physical condition, we have all these techniques and ways and steps to take to move to that beingness. And that's what we call the meditation technique. <clears throat> there's a certain focus, as I mentioned, at the seat of the soul, where the soul resides. Because if you don't focus on the soul, how are you going to awaken to the soul? If you're busy focusing on your belly button, you're going to awaken to your belly button and maybe your hunger or fullness or whatever. Or you're thinking about those cookies afterwards. That's right, exactly. I was waiting. The cookie monster. One of my other little phrases I like is, you get what you focus on. So if you want to really know the divinity that you are, you need to focus on it. You need to spend time. You need to make effort, just like any other relationship. Just like any other relationship. But it is the approach that makes a difference, because you can be in relationships that are very loving or relationships that are very hurtful. Well, it's the same thing we do inside of ourselves. We can be very loving with ourselves or we can be hurtful to ourselves. Do we put ourselves down? Do we judge ourselves? Think there's something wrong with us? We have all the reasons? Or can we simply love ourselves and realize that it does not matter, perfect, imperfect, right or wrong? Can we just be loving? Did you know that you really can just be living? That you don't have to have conditions? You don't have to prove anything to God? You don't have to prove anything to yourself? 
You can just simply love yourself. You don't have to feel guilty about it or shameful or boastful. Either way, superior or inferior, simply just loving. Because in loving, there is none of the experience of the duality of this world. Duality, polarity, positive, negative, like a magnet, right and wrong. Guess what? If right doesn't exist, then wrong, wrong won't exist. We know this world by right and wrong, by positive, negative. It's a magnet that keeps it all together. In truth, especially if you study a little physics or science, you know a little bit more. Magnetism, how things are even drawn together or repelled. Simple principles. But once you rise above the polarity in the truth of the divine, we often use the word neut neutral, neutrality, because the polarity does not exist there. And without that, you don't have the physical creation. All you have is the wonderful, wonderful movement of loving. Just the movement of loving. The pure golden white light of the divine. Just movement and expression. And for those of you that may be newer, we're not shy about saying, the divine is to be experienced. It is a true living experience. It is not a fanciful idea or story. That is not what we're here preaching or teaching. What I share is from my own experience. If I did not, I'd be lying. I'd be reading out of a book. There's nothing wrong with that because a lot of wonderful books have been written we have a few ourselves. <laughs> but the attempt that we try to do here is to share our own living experience because we know. Think about it. Don't we each have that inner bell of truth that goes off? We know when somebody's sincere and honest. We know when somebody's lying and like, oh, I don't trust them. Well, if we pay close enough attention, we'll know that part. And what part? Is that anyway that knows the truth, knows the lie? That's the true you. The true you, not the false self, the ego self. Oh yeah, the ego self will know the ego self and think that's true. And then the spirit's the lie. Goes that way too, I know. It depends on where we're living inside of ourselves. But the way that I know the spirit works is that as any of us, including me, are living that spirit and sharing that spirit, that it begins to stir the same awake in who's ever listening. That's part of what we're here to do. And some of us don't even know that's what we're doing. Haven't you ever met somebody who seems so simple, doesn't talk spirits at all, but they are the nicest, kindest, most loving, caring person you've met, and they just touch you so deeply? Well, why is it like that with some people and not others? What is that? Well, these are the ways we recognize. 
So it's good to pay attention. But then also to begin to ask. It's called ask, seek, and knock. We have to take action to begin to discover where does that come from? How can I get that? How can I live that myself? How can I experience that? What is that anyway? An active pursuit. We may not even have a clue what it is until we hear somebody speak about it or we read about it. And then we begin to seek it out. And often the action of meditation, we often call it the knocking. Knocking at the door. Then opening the door. Well, this area we call the spiritual eye or the seat of the soul is often referred to also as the spiritual door. That doorway to spirit. So as we go inside and come to the divine, we are knocking at the door to open it up so we can begin to experience the greater truth of that living, loving presence. But if that door is closed, it's often dark. We don't know what it is. Until all of a sudden, we have an experience, whether inside of ourselves or somebody around us, just by their way of being or doing or saying, all of a sudden, we feel something. It sparks us. It stirs something within us. It's always an inner, an inner knowing. And the wonderful thing is, all we have to do is begin to seek it. You can't even get it because you are it. You can't get rid of it either because you are it. That's the good news. The hard part is sometimes when we go for that, we often want to get rid of all the other that we don't like. That's what causes the struggle. That's where the challenge and the hardship often is. If we try to get rid of it, that which we do not like, rather than love and accept it just as it is. Just as it is. To love and accept all things. Not just people, all things. Even the negative, most horrible expression. It sounds like a tall order, doesn't it? People always ask, well, why does God allow it? Well, maybe God loves and accepts all creation. So if we want to awaken to that living, loving essence that God is, maybe we need to move into the same way of being that God is. Loving and accepting of all of creation. That's freedom. That doesn't mean you go out and wreak havoc in the world. That means you just allow it to be. Because think about it. If you can simply be loving just as God is and know your own divinity and not participate in the polarity of the world that causes all the chaos, the good and the bad, that's how you remove yourself. That neutrality, by living and loving the neutrality, in other words, you no longer feed the polarity. You no longer feed the reaction, the interaction that causes all the disturbance in the world. If you can live the loving as the way to remove yourself from even creating any more disturbance, not only in this world, but within yourself. Because often when we experience disturbance out here, 
Well, what's really experiencing the disturbance? We are inside. So we have all these negative thoughts. We have all these negative feelings. We start creating all these negative fantasies. We're busy reacting to it. And in that reaction, we're actually feeding it because often when we're in reaction and disturbance, we usually take actions or speak out on disturbance. So it creates even more disturbance. But if we choose freedom of choice, if we choose not to participate in the disturbance or putting out our disturbance and we choose to let go of the disturbance and come back to the divine in the neutral place, then that's one less person or soul putting more ripples into the world of chaos. We sometimes like to liken it to the ripples on the top of water. Think about it. If you drop a stone in there, how it creates a rippling effect. If you drop another stone over here, there's another rippling. And then when the two ripples hit against each other, they collide and then there's more ripples. It's kind of like this world. Those ripples are the reactions. And then they bounce off of each other and they come back and create more ripples and then more ripples. But if we begin to remove ourselves out of that, there's nothing there to create more ripples. This is often known as the law of cause and effect. In the East, they call it karma. In the West, sometimes they call it what goes around comes around. You reap what you sow. Do we just listen to these words? Or do we begin to apply them? Well, sometimes we listen for a while, trying to gain understanding, trying to comprehend. But there does come a point where we begin to do, to begin to apply. Because it is through that we begin to truly wake up and know through our experience that's wisdom. Wisdom is only learned through experience. Otherwise, it's just knowledge all in the head. So when you really want to make change, not only in the world, but in yourself, then go for the wisdom and begin to let go of the knowledge and realize filling the mind is not going to do anything for you spiritually other than give you direction to begin to do the application. Then it's very useful. So instead of just continuing to talk about all this, I'm going to go ahead and lead us into a simple meditation technique that I'm going to explain here in a moment, and then we'll do it. We'll simply just stay seated where we are, although I know some people like to lay on the floor or lay against the wall, and that's fine too. But let me explain a little bit before we do. As I mentioned earlier, that to awaken to the divine, we need to focus on the divine. And that place in which the divine resides in this physical body is up here at the seat of the soul, you know, the halo. So we need to focus on that. Because that's where the true beingness of who we are resides. And in doing that, if we hold our focus there, we're also letting go of our attention that is placed in the body or in the mind or in the emotions. But sometimes it's hard to let go of thoughts, right? 
The mind never seems to quiet down. It's always going, blah, 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 blah. What about this? What about that? They said this. I said this. So one of the things we like to do is give the mind something to do. That's where there's benefit in prayer. Because it gives the mind something to do. But we want that prayer to give us a very specific focus into spirit. So it's not just a mental action, but it is an action that leads us into the spirit. And so one of the actions we do here is that we work with what has been referred to as the hallowed name of God, you know, the Lord's Prayer. That sacred or hallowed name of God. And there's actually through history been given many different names of God. But one we use here that is a very simple one is the hue, H-U, a name of God. It's been used in many cultures throughout history, many languages, meaning the same thing. Think of the word human. That's my favorite one. Human. Well, what's that? Human. God-man. The God or the soul that we are in this physical form. In truth, the word man comes from manas or the mind. So it's the soul that got essence through the mind and through this physical consciousness. So instead of focusing on man, we want to focus on God. So one of the ways we do that is to focus on that word or that name, the hue, H-U. Sometimes this has been called a mantra. It's been referred to as active prayer or active meditation. They've been called tones or sounds. But it's a simple way to begin to still the mind. The phrase, as I said earlier, peace be still and know that I am. Peace be still. Well, what is that part? That's what I'm talking about. The peace be still is where we begin to still the mind, the emotions, imagination, and body. And by focusing on a name such as the hue, we give a one-pointed focus. It helps us, in a sense, to pull the mind in so that it's not scattered all over the place, going back and forth and everywhere. Think of the mind like a little kid, you know, that's all excited about something and running and talking all over the place. But if we give the child something to focus on and they get focused, what happens? They usually calm down and participate. So that's what we're doing with the mind and the emotions, same way, and the body. All these different levels of consciousness that make up this aspect of our physical experience are all doing something. And boy, is it rare when they ever come in alignment all at the same time, all supporting the same action. So that's part of meditation, of the peace be still, is we're beginning to pull together these different levels of our consciousness to come into the alignment with this action of loving. So we need to give them something to do. That's where focusing on a name such as a hue gives them something to do. But the other wonderful part of having a name of God, well, just think about any time you call somebody's name, they often respond, right? Think of God the same way. If we call on God's name, God responds. Going, oh, so we call on God's name. 
So it both gets us to focus on God, but also in that, what happens? Well, then all of a sudden, we open now to God's response. Hearing that name being called. Very simple, but it's good to think of it that way. But what happens when you get anybody's attention? Don't you have some type of experience in that interaction? Well, that's what we're doing in meditation. We're calling out that name to have an interaction, to have an experience of a loving relationship. That's all we're doing. But just like any relationship, sometimes we have these deep conversations where we're so focused and it's amazing it can go on for hours. And other times we can be scattered all over the place, hardly paying attention to each other. So sometimes it takes a little bit of practice or discipline to hold the focus, to keep focused, to stay focused. And usually we like to stay focused more if we're really enjoying it, right? But I know we all like loving. So if we experience loving, we often want to stay focused in that to have more experience of that. But sometimes we find it a little more challenging to focus because it's easy to open our eyes and see somebody out here. But to close our eyes and to go inside and focus up here, often we see nothing. This is dark. Or our mind or imagination gets going and we start creating all types of visualizations. And I will use the word challenge. That's often the challenge in meditation is that we often don't see or know that divine relationship. Sometimes we do right away, but other times it takes a little while before we begin to become more aware of that inner communion and action. So part of this action is called be patient. Be patient. Because sometimes it may seem like it takes God a little while to respond. What is it really God taking a while to respond, or is it just us opening that door and cleaning house and getting all these things aligned and out of the way so we can open the door and then let God in? So there is a little process that can take place here, but it can be simple and easy. And I also want to say as we move into the meditation, a couple of the simple ways that we can begin to recognize that spirit of loving is through light and sound, as well as feeling. Just like we often feel loving or we can feel a peace moving through us. Well, as we do this action of meditation and hold our attention up here on the halo, on the soul, we can sometimes feel something on our head or forehead. You can actually feel like a sensation. So pay attention as we move into meditation. If you start to feel anything on the top of your head, just know that you're beginning to awaken to that movement of loving. Sometimes we can close our eyes, maybe dark, but then as we move into the meditation and begin to call out God's name, not only may we feel that, but we may even see that light of God. And that light of God often appears as a white or gold. But sometimes as that light, just think of like a, um, a prism. 
Is a white light, what? What's contained in the white light? All the colors, right, of the rainbow. So sometimes as that white light comes into the consciousness, just like we have all these levels of consciousness, think of this body as a prism. So if you think of the rainbow, I learned it in school, Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. So the higher colors are a higher frequency. So sometimes as that white light comes into our consciousness and it begins to hit the prism of our consciousness, we may begin to see it as a purple light, indigo or blue, and of course you can go all the way down the rainbow. But it's those higher frequencies, such as that violet or blue, that still have a greater essence of spirit in it and its greater purity. As it steps down to the other colors, it begins to become more a frequency or light in the world. So just to be aware of that, we may see it as an inner light. But if we do, we often notice it in this meditation practice as the gold or white or the purple or blue. So if you see any of those lights or colors, because it does happen, and often if you do see them, they're often kind of like pulsating or moving around. As I said earlier, loving or spirit is never stagnant. It's always in motion. So be aware, this is another way we may begin to awaken May know, who knows, maybe you'll start to see your own halo. That's a golden white light as well. Or other times we can hear an inner sound, often referred to as that still, small voice. Literally, you can hear a still, small voice that can even talk in English language or another language. Oh my gosh. Or sometimes the sounds of music or nature. Heard that phrase of the wind, the wind of spirit. Sometimes it's heard as bells, for whom the bell tolls. That's the bell of the soul. We can hear that. It's an inner sound. Where did these sounds in the world come from? As above, so below. But these inner sounds, they can sound very similar to physical ones, but you won't hear them in the world. You hear them inside. Just as the soul has an eye to see, it also has an ear to hear. So I always like to say, look, listen, and feel. And in that, you'll come to know the greater truth of the living, loving essence that you are and that God is. So as you hold your focus at the soul and simply say or call out or chant or sing, that sacred name, the hue. Well, that name itself, like I said earlier, calls an attention. What is that tension? Attention. There's a tension, right? That's that frequency. Just as we hear our own name called, we respond. There's something that calls our attention. So as we call out the name of God, there's an attention. And that attention is that frequency or feeling or experience of loving. Because that's what God is. It's this pure, unconditional loving. So if you experience attention as we move into the meditation here and repeat that name, like I said, you can just say it, Hugh, or you can chant it, Hugh, or you can sing it. You're not going to hear me do that, though. <laughs> Any way you want is just fine. Each of us has their own way to work with that. 
In this name, we can both say or sing or chant out loud or silently inside. And today, when we move into meditation as I guide us in, we're going to actually be chanting or singing it out loud just a few times as a group so we can hear it. And you may even begin to feel it. Sometimes you can even feel a tingling. It's just that frequency of loving waking up inside of us. And sometimes we even have a physical response to that. But after we chant it out loud just a few times, then we'll move into a silence. And I'll be guiding us along as we do. And at one point I'll become quiet and we'll take a good 10 minutes or so and just begin to repeat, chanting or singing that name silently within ourselves, holding our attention on that halo. And the other thing to realize, as we call on God's name, what are we really doing? We're loving God. We're calling out and loving. We're singing, this is singing praises. Loving God. Calling out. Asking. Seeking. Knocking. Opening. Becoming vulnerable. Open to receive. Open to experience. To awaken and know the greater divinity. So it is and becomes a true living reality, not just a fantasy. No more fantasy. Let's bring it to reality, a living, loving experience. That's what we're going for here. At least I am. I say that because freedom of choice. We each get to choose that for ourselves. And often you'll get what you choose. Maybe not right away. Maybe right away. Maybe it'll take a while. Let it be what it is. So the other action of chanting that name or singing it and calling out and loving God is us loving God just like we would another in a relationship as I said earlier. But then there's also the action of now where we've got to be open and receive God's love for us. Just like any relationship, if you're busy talking all the time, <laughs> how are you going to get to know the other person unless you stop and listen for a while? Same thing here. So part of this meditation as we move into the silence I would ask that you spend the first few minutes calling out to God, loving God. And then at some point, you may even feel something come peaceful and quiet, maybe a line, you know, that peace be still, I was saying earlier. You might experience that where everything inside of you just comes quiet. Peace be still. And then all of a sudden, in the stillness, as you watch and listen and feel, all of a sudden you begin to experience that presence of the I am. I am that I am. The living, loving presence of the Lord. So be open to receive that as well. Okay? So share your loving and receive the loving, both through feeling, through listening, through watching, observing. And it helps if you let go of expectations, just be a neutral observer. Although sometimes it's hard if we're excited about it or really looking or listening intently, and that's fine too. It can still happen. God loves an enthusiastic participant. So go for it. But do spend time sharing and receiving. And if you get distracted at all as we move into the silence, you start your thoughts go off wandering. You get distracted, maybe some sound in the room or something. Just let that sound go and come back to your focus and begin 
repeating that sacred name once again. Because as you do, it brings you right back to focus. Right back to focus. That's all we need to do is focus. Just like you're focused on listening to me right now, if you are. (laughs) Same thing. Just to focus. And then in that, you just relax and allow the experience to unfold. Just be open and grateful if you want, or at least receptive, so that God can bring to you the experience that is going to best serve you in this given moment for your own greater awakening and knowing that greater truth of loving. So you've got your part to do. And God is always doing God's part. So I'm going to go ahead now and begin to lead us in. As I said, you can just follow along my words. I'll be asking you to close your eyes and begin to focus. And at one point, I'll be asking us to chant the hue out loud. If you don't want to chant, that's fine. You can just listen or you can do both, whatever you'd like. And after we chant it out loud a few times, I say a few, it's usually three in this group. (laughs) One of these days will go longer. Then we'll come quiet. I'll have a few more words after that. And then I'll be silent. And then when we're finished, I'll go ahead and bring us back out of the meditation um, just with some words to bring us more physically present once again. And then eventually we'll open our eyes again and move back into uh, sharing and maybe Q&A. <laughs>